You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Hey everybody, how's it going? It is a brand new episode of the Stags Sports Wrap Podcast here. It's pretty much our season finale, if you will, as the spring season is just about coming to a close. We'll officially call this our last show of the season. In fact, it is our 15th episode. If I did the math correctly this morning, I'm not a math major for those that listen enough on the Stag Sports Network. First, JJ Duke with you. I often get my math figures wrong. I didn't go to school for math, but I believe this is our 15th episode. It has been a fun year, and we're going to still stay busy right up until Memorial Day. And Drew Kingsley, I had this talk with someone recently. If you're busy to Memorial Day, that means you've had a good year in college athletics. Yeah, absolutely. May is 95% postseason games of one kind or another. So you you want to be working in May in this business, and uh, Fairfield has kept us busy in a very good way. Absolutely. We have a lot to get, get into on this show. It's going to be broken up in two halves. Drew and I will banter for a bit. In the first half, we've got a lot of stuff to cover, which includes NCAA tournament games, conference tournament games, a finish to a regular season, uh, championship meets and regattas if you will and uh yeah that is what's the first half of the show then the second half of the show we are going to have a mac baseball tournament preview so stick with us for that but first we will actually start kind of in order it's going to be the nca content first and first we begin with nca women's lacrosse's fairfield's uh, women's lacrosse team after clinching yet another mac championship we had that um post-tournament chat a couple of weeks ago with Elizabeth Toludo and Kayla Bay about their uh, triumph once again over Siena. They drew Loyola, Maryland on the road a couple of weeks ago. In the first round of that competition, they were the number eight seed going into that tournament, Loyola that being in Fairfield. Did get off to a slow start, trailed 5-1 after the first quarter, 8-1 at halftime, but uh, Laura Field's group came out with a bit of vigor in their step and certainly made some inroads in that game and actually got it to a four-goal game in the fourth quarter to give themselves a chance. Ultimately, Loyola would persevere and defend their home turf. They ended up getting to the quarterfinals, so they won one more game after that before they ran into, do they still call it the Skane train for Izzy Skane? They should. They should. If they drop that nickname, it's still there, but Izzy Skane did what Izzy Skane does, and I believe she had six or seven in that quarterfinal and uh, put Loyola to end their season, but Drew, you were down there in Baltimore. I was at points elsewhere working other conference championships that weekend. So um, kind of give us a little bit of the, um, you know, peel back the curtain. What was that day like for the group? I know the result, not there, not what they wanted, but it also seemed like they did themselves really well. Sure. I mean, the uh, the two scores you ran down said it all. 8-1 at halftime, 11-6 final, which I'm not a math major either, but that means a 5-3 second half in favor of the Stags. And that was the story about it. Coach Field talked about it in her post game. Just got off to a slow start. And a, a slow start against a top 10 team in the nation can get away from you very quickly. And that's what happened. She said, you know, the team was prepared. But Loyola just executes. They they did things that, quite frankly, Fairfield knew they were going to do offensively and defensively, but yep. they executed them. They did those things very well. And uh, yeah, the Stags they they showed they showed well. They you reach a point where this isn't the old days where if a team from a conference like the MAC goes to NCAA's, their season's done, and let's just go put on a show and lose by 15 yep. or lose by 10. And that's not just women's lacrosse. That used to be the attitude in a lot of sports coming 
out of a conference at the MAC level. But that's not the case anymore. If you're the if you're coming out of the MAC, especially if you've been the best team in the MAC all year, you want to compete with those teams. You expect to compete with those teams. So it's a case where your disappointment is good. Your disappointment is a sign that you you are at a certain level and you're upset that you didn't quite perform to that level. And even still, an 11-6 loss to Loyola, one of the top defenses in the nation, uh, Fairfield, by the way, as well, one of the top defenses yeah. in the nation, was uh, it, 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 it is a good result going forward. And like every season, Fairfield women's lacrosse will lose a lot of good players, but they'll also welcome back a lot of good players. And I'm sure there's some players that didn't see much action that we're going to get very familiar with in the spring, and they'll be back. As it was kind of joked to me once, it's the Laura Field redshirt season <laughs> where you have players that are very much capable, but it's their time to learn this year, and the next year they're going to be right up there. I was told also from you, this is what we've always kind of joked, this is this podcast is basically an extension of our real-life text chain that goes on that Loyola's goalie basically made life very difficult for an offense. And for a lot of people that were familiar with Fairfield Women's Lacrosse, seeing a six spot is not something that they were expecting, but it's because of the fact that their goalie just not only stood on her head, forced Fairfield basically to go try and rip corners every time and ultimately missed a lot of shots that probably on another day they would have put away. And that might have been one of the main differences. Yeah, it, it it does all come down to the fact that Loyola is a top 10 team and a very deserving top 10 team. And a lot of times when you play a top 10 team, it's not going to feel like your day. And that was yeah. a lot of the case last Friday. A couple of shouts that we should give to is, again, of course, congratulations to uh, the group on yet another fantastic season, bringing home a couple of trophies, the regular season and the postseason title. Uh, Lindsey Barnes and Caroline Mangan each earned the USA Lacrosse Magazine All-American Honorable Mention, and recently the Intercollegiate Women's Lacrosse Co- Coaches Association, or the IWLCA, named Caroline Mangan first team All-Northeast Regional, Olivia Duty second team All-Region, and there was a litany of players that uh, put themselves top not just top 10, actually top five in a number of points. If you want to go on your fairfieldstags.com uh, and check out all the stats, and uh, it looks like a lot of uh, records are going to have to be edited after the conclusion of this year. You're going to be busy. Ivy is going to be busy as well with baseball. So there might have to be a couple of days where everyone just gets together and it's like, okay, how many did we get? Did we get everybody? <laughs> yeah, the, the record books this year are going to be a full pot of coffee job. Yeah, it could be a double. <laughs> Could easily be a double because there's another one that we're going to get to. The other part of the NCA circuit would be Killian McGinley because uh, Killian, we spoke to also during that last podcast, he competed in the Auburn Regional uh, that just wrapped up on the 17th. And uh, Killian did himself well. Um, it's funny that we're recording this a couple of days after the PGA Championship where we had club pro Mike Block basically steal the show <laughs> the slam dunk ace at, on what the 15th hole of the final round it proves that it doesn't matter what your pedigree is if you can string together three or in that case four good rounds of golf at a high standard anyone can compete on a given day and Killian spoke of that he said yeah it's nice to carry the Fairfield flag around and wave it proudly but as you also said you know Forget just being there to make up numbers. Compete well and put yourself in a champ, uh, 
possibility of maybe getting beyond it. You know, it's difficult as an individual for Killian, but you know, he shot 78, 74, 76, so improved on you know both of his latter two rounds from his first round. Uh, he was only a handful of shots outside of the top half of the field, and there's some big boys in that field. I'm talking about the schools that are in there, schools that you expect to win championships. And Killian not only did himself proud, he is actually the best MAC finisher of any of uh, the MAC players that were in the NCAA tournament. That's code for he beat the entire Siena team in terms of individuals. And I mean, it wraps up one of the most spectacular seasons that any Fairfield men's golfer has. He won two tournaments in the span of eight days, which is, again, wild. The uh, Barta Coca-Cola Collegiate and then the McLeod Trophy as the MAC individual champion. I know you listened back to a little bit, and he, he spoke really well, said that, yeah, this is something where Fairfield golf on both sides should expect to be now, not just going down to the MAC and hoping for a top three, top four finish, win the competition and play in mid-May. Yeah, you know, we, we follow golf year-round, basically. They have their season in the fall as well as in the spring, and we see it year-round. We see flashes of, you know, people on both sides, men's and women's, they win tournaments, or they're top five in tournaments, or they'll someone will go out and shoot a 68 one day, mm. which to me is unfathomable. And uh, not for you, uh, for you and me, we're never getting anywhere <laughs> close to that. I'll, I'll take the uh, 86 and we'll call, it, we'll call it fair game. But it highlights just how, you know, how this program has grown, how this program has come. And yeah, it's still very hard to be the one who does that in the MAC tournament because everybody else has their five, sometimes even deeper than that, who are capable of doing that as well. And this year, Killian was the guy to do it and to come through and win that MAC title and then go out and fare very well at that Auburn golf course with the likes of Vanderbilt, who I believe was the national champion and had the individual champion yep. last year. Yep. Auburn, who it was the Auburn Regional, so guess what? They play on that course every day. Some other SEC powers, some other conference champions, and he topped people, he topped golfers from those programs. Yep in his round, as well as topping all five Siena golfers who made the trip. Yeah, so congratulations to Killian on a fantastic uh, conclusion to his season. Now, a couple of teams that competed in MAC tournaments recently. First, softball up in Buffalo. And, you know, the good news for Fairfield softball is they kind of buried a little bit of some past demons of not having success up at just Canisius. Now, they've had success in Western New York trips, or they've beaten Niagara before. But they've gone to the postseason a few times in each of the last two years, and going home quickly after two games, well, they raced out, got to a good start, knocked off Siena in the opening round of the competition, uh, raced out to a 4 nothing lead early, where Haley up to Graf going big fly off the left field wall, Delaney Wielden and uh, Caitlin Hoffman each had a couple of RBI hits, and then Allie Bridgman doing the job in the circle, which um, I spoke with Caitlin and Sam Lindsay in the build-up to it, and they said that it was kind of crazy, the fact that they were playing Siena three times in the span of six days, but they got over the line, got through that first round, and then, well, as we always say at this time of the year, if you're going to play the best, you got to beat the best, and Fairfield faced the two best pitchers in the league in Megan Geese and Kara Zazaro, and both of them twirled one-hit complete game shutouts with Megan Geese of Kanisha's taking her no-hitter to two outs in the top of the seventh inning, and Zazaro had a perfect game in the bottom of the fifth inning. So that's kind of the way it is. Obviously, Fairfield, um, they ended up going one and two in that competition. But after what was a very sluggish start, a very stop-start-stop-start type schedule, where you'll probably go through the record books and see that this is the most amount of postponements and cancellations the team has ever had in one season – 
I think they did very well, not just to get themselves to a stage to be competitive in the league just because they didn't get at-bats in March, but the fact that they were going against some of the best pitchers at the back end of the season, beating them to put themselves in a situation to win a trophy. Yeah, that's a team that they were they were a bit inconsistent uh, at the beginning of the year, or maybe they were a little too consistent. It seemed like every week it was win one, lose one, win yep. two, lose two, right around that 500 line, and then they picked it up when they need to. Things started clicking, and as you say, they they just ran into two very strong pitchers in a row who uh, who set them down and uh, ended the season. But as we've seen, that was a team, as you say, not just that came competitive. That was a team that on a different weekend could have won that tournament. Oh, absolutely. And they, you know, they. They didn't beat Geese in the regular season, but they did chase her from a game with a lead, and then uh, they did beat Desaro in uh, here, yeah, yeah, in a series against Iona. And what I guess every game was a pivotal game because they made the tournament by one game, but- with with pretty much all of their losses bar one was a one run game. I mean, if you want to talk about how one season could have changed by a drop of a hat, you change half of those losses to wins in Fairfield's not only in the tournament. They probably host the thing. That's just the fine margins. That's this league for you in a nutshell. You have to show up on every day. The, the players know it. This is no secret to them. And that it's the credit to their resiliency that they just kept going and going, knowing that, yeah, they didn't have their best on some days, but they kept fighting. We saw great performances from Sam Lindsay in the circle, who I personally think went above and beyond what was kind of expected. And she ended up probably towards the last three weeks of the season became the most feared pitcher in the conference because she was just dialed in. And that's what you need. You need players to step up at the moment. And it seemed that enough did to get themselves into a position to succeed. And you can only win the trophy by being in a position. And that's what Julie B's group did. Absolutely. A couple of quick shouts. I mentioned a few names already, but uh, Caitlin Hoffman, Haley Updegraff, all-tournament team. Hoffman, 4 for 12. Not a bad postseason, uh, mind you. Uh, Delaney Wielden, all-rookie in the conference. Hoffman, Allie Bridgman, Sam Lindsay, academic, all-district. And Charlie Warren, which I-, I was very happy about this, by the way. I put it out on my social media accounts that she was named um, NFCA, so that's the National Fast Pitch Coaches Association, all-region in the Northeast, a second team after Fairfield getting completely shut out in the first and the second team for all conference and having one all rookie. It's great to see that the coaches outside of this league are taking notice of what's going on in this league and giving Charlie or due arguably one of the best slap hitters that we've seen in quite some time. Um, another shout to Maris who competed well after winning four straight in the conference tournament. That's awesome for them. Um, lost to Florida state. And then they had South Carolina one, one, um, in the re- in the game before the regional final and just ultimately couldn't come through. But, I mean, if we're talking about fun times, I do love that softball regional weekend because literally you just sit back and just keep changing the channel over and over again. Um, Catherine Sandercock throwing a perfect game in a regional final in that Tallahassee regional final against South Carolina, that's awesome. So a lot of fun. And also we had two, nearly three unseeded teams make the Supers, which is, um, again, things that you love to see. All right, um, quickly rounding up is it looks like we got some activity in the lobby, so I think we're going to have to get that going <laughs> quick. Um, quick shout to our rowing programs who competed in their conference tournaments. Um, we have women's rowing that finished second in their MAC championships up at Saratoga back on May the 12th. Team earned 32 points behind Jacksonville was the winner. They medaled in all four events, third in the varsity eight, second in the second varsity eight, third in the varsity four, and third in the second varsity four. And then men's rowing as well. Competed in the Dad Vale Regatta, a week in long competition. And on May 13th, the program had one of its most successful days in the history of competing in that varsity Ford, uh, varsity four, excuse me, um, 
won the gold in their competition, which is fantastic. The lightweight four earned the silver, and then they had four different crews reach its respective grand final. Um, I know it's a sport that we probably should give a bit more coverage to, but fantastic to them for um, finishing the season the way that they wanted to. Yeah, men's rowing, that's a that's a historic showing for them and one of the one of the most competitive regattas in the country. And then the women, that's a, that second place finish is their best in I believe since 2008. It's also the first time since 2000 that they beat the Marist, who's a perennial power in women's rowing and the Mac. Absolutely. Well, Drew, that's going to wrap up our segment here. Um fantastic stuff as always. Enjoy your summer and uh we will talk with you again in the fall. Already looking forward. To there you go. Uh, when we come back, we will have our Mac Baseball Tournament preview. So stick with us here in the Stags Sports Wrap. All right, so that was our first half of the episode, kind of catching up on everything going across all Fairfield Athletics. But now we turn to the last event on the schedule. This is something that we always look forward to. It is the MAC Baseball Tournament as Fairfield once again for the third consecutive season running have clinched number one seed regular season title in the MAC Championships. They're going to be heading out to Pomona, New York, the Clover Stadium, home of the Rockland Boulders. And of course, uh, Tucker Nathan still doing it over there, former uh, Fairfield player in his own right. I think he actually had a walk-off a couple of days ago, which is fantastic to see. But uh, Fairfield will be in action starting on on Thursday, we do not know the opponent quite just yet, but it'll be at 11 a.m. on the 25th. If you cannot make it out to Clover Stadium, you could watch all the action on ESPN+. And I'm delighted to be joined now by the MAC Player of the Years. It was just announced this morning, Charlie Pagliarini, and the best shortstop in the league, as it was also just announced, in Noah Lucier. Guys, thanks so much for uh, taking a few minutes to chat with us. Thanks for, having, thanks for us. having us. Absolutely. Um, first off, Pags, we got to talk about it. What's been working for you this season? Because it seems like not only you're doing damage with every swing, you're finding barrels, you're going to all different points of the ballpark. What What's happening? Uh, yeah, um, kind of just adopted a process this year, and uh, kind of everything's been coming together um, and been able to put some results on the field. And um, it's been uh, it's been fun to play. It's a great group of guys, um, and uh, yeah, just just kind of figuring it out and uh, just staying with the process and trusting it. You've been with this program now for quite a long time. You've seen a lot of different things that have happened. What makes this group perhaps different than the one previous? Because I know it, it's almost funny how this program's done it almost backwards, where they've gotten to a regional, they've won games, but they've never won a conference title. So what makes this group maybe stand out to say, yeah, we're going to do all that and win a trophy as well? I think we got a lot of guys uh, experience-wise that have been here for a long time. Um, and the fifth years that came in, like Noah, uh, fit right into that kind of team chemistry. Um, the guys have been really close group of guys this year. And, um, you know, uh, I think we kind of figured it out, uh, from a chemistry and, and to work with a team and, um, we're, we're going out there with a lot of excitement and not as much pressure. Um, we're really excited to get out there. And I know a lot of the guys are still a little, you know, we got that from last year, a little still pissed off. So, um, we got a lot of confidence coming in and, and we're going to put it together. So that's the, that's the goal. Definitely. Noah, bringing you into the chat here because you know, I've actually worked a lot of games in the NE 10. I know the standard of baseball at that level, you coming in from Stonehill, it's pretty much one of those where you can kind of understand and grasp how good this league is, but really fit in right from the jump. Why first you come in here to Fairfield and um, then second, I guess, you know, how has your season gone for you? Because obviously you could, you could see the stats on the table. You can see what you've done in the field, but um, how have you seen it from your perspective? Um, I guess going 
first with COD, the transition from the NE10 to the Mac. Um, you know, at Stonehill, I really enjoyed my time there, but um, I felt like I wasn't as challenged as I would hoped. And, um, you know, coming here kind of gave me that challenge of, you know, playing at the next level. Like, obviously, you know, moving from D- any division to a division one, it's a big jump. But, uh, you know, I just kind of wa- I trusted myself and my skill set that I would be able to adapt coming from D2 to D1. And, you know, I just wanted to come here and help the team win. And, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better place to fall than Fairfield University. No, most definitely. I mean, it's not just us taking notice. It's the national, you know, eyes as well, because they put you up for the Brooks Walls Award, which is for the top shortstop. And when I was doing the last couple of games against Iona on the Stack Sports Network, I was going through and seeing some of the winners of that award. And I mean, when you go back to back to back, it was um, Alex Bregman. Trey Turner, Mr. America himself, and Dansby Swanson. That's not too bad company to put your name up as a potential winner across all that. So is it kind of humbling for you or is it one of those like, yeah, I should be in this conversation to be because, yeah, like I said, the stats kind of prove for itself. Um, It's definitely, you know, one of those things that you look back on it and it's like, wow, like some great, great players have won that. And, uh, you know, it's definitely for me, it's kind of – um humbling for sure mm. to just be like even considered as one of the top shortstops in the country it's just very humbling um i know i've worked my whole life to kind of be at this spot and um you know with my last year of eligibility being here and just being you know nominated for an award like that it's just very um kind of just puts a cherry on top of like my whole baseball career you know i've always thought of myself as a very good player and just for other people to kind of see that and you know give me the recognition that i felt like you know uh, i've deserved my whole life um it feels good absolutely um and speaking of the awards as we're talking the league announced uh the all-conference honorees both of you getting first team congratulations on that mike Bichetti, Colin McVeigh also getting their dues. First team, Jake Noviello, Mike Candle getting second team, Matt Bucciaro, all rookie team. I mean, it's a collection of guys that just not only you get the guys in the mound that do their job, but one through nine in this order. It seems like anybody can do damage at a moment. And Charlie, I'm curious, actually, I spoke with some of the guys in the offseason about some of the adjustments that guys are making, but now it really comes to show that there, you can't pitch around anybody. Anybody c- can do something at a given moment. I mean, we're looking at how the last 12 games gone, one ten of those 12, putting up big numbers every day. I mean, the Iona games, it basically seemed like everyone was leaving the yard at some point. But, um, I mean, how good is it right now being in that lineup, knowing that you're going to get protection because the guy right after you can do just as much damage as, damage as you can? I mean, we got a, we got a really good lineup. Uh, one through nine can do damage. Uh, we've proven that all year. Um, I think right now, going into the tournament, confidence has been huge in competitiveness. Yep. Um, every single one of those guys in the lineup um, can can swing it, and they're extremely confident. I think that plays a huge role, especially going into tournament time. Um, we got a bunch of guys off the bench who've been putting up unbelievable numbers and big at bats that you know go unnoticed. Um, I know AJ D'Onofrio is, I mean, probably one of the best clutch hitters I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, we got guys filling in for injuries. I mean, Hibbert just Hibbert did his thing just, over the last couple of weeks. He's swinging a hot stick yeah. right now. It's um, it's it's really fun to come to the ballpark, and it's also nice for our pitching staff. Like, hey, listen, like, just get us back in the lineup. We're gonna we're gonna swing it, and it, it, it's it's really really fun to come to the game and and step in the box. Now it's funny how the schedule shakes out sometimes and you guys once again had an opportunity to play at the ballpark that the tournament's going to be back a little bit obviously charlie you've been there no you haven't before this season so you had that feel for the first time of playing out pomona it's a 
fascinating ballpark. I think we can all agree on that yeah. one. But um, what are you looking forward to in this championship experience? Because obviously, it it's going to be a fun tournament. Let's be candid here. I know everyone's big baseball junkies. This is a very good league. The top three, I think, not just the top three, really any one of these teams has a legitimate argument to go out there and win this competition. So what are you most looking forward to uh, coming up this week? Um, I guess what I'm most looking forward to is, you know, spending the, hopefully not the last, but um, just putting the ice uh, cherry on top of this season with the guys, you know, coming in here as a fifth year, um, you never know what you're going to expect. You never know how you're going to gel with the team. You know, you're coming in for one year, you're filling in a position that, um, you know, that they need. And, you know, just this group of guys bringing me in and, you know, welcoming me as one felt like I've been here for four years and, you know, I can't ask for a better group of guys to, you know, spend this season with and, you know, this, this historic season with. And, you know, I just really hope that I can um, – any little thing that I can do to help this team win a MAC championship would um, – that's just all I'm looking forward to, I guess, right now. Yeah, you hit a big word there, historic. And Charlie, I know actually our sports information director, Ivy, on his on senior day basically had a lot of historics <laughs> that he talked about. But what would it mean for you to cap off with one more historic moment? I know there's only been one MAC tournament title that this program's got in 2016, but you've won games at a regional. You've won, what now, I think it's 109 games and something like that in your career during this time. I mean, that's special, but how special would it be to have just one more go about and to say, yeah, that 2021 season, it's not just a little bit of a, a, a foe, if you, faux pas, if you will. We, we can do this again and do some damage. Yeah, I mean, the awards have been awesome. It's, uh, it's really cool to get recognized for some of those things. But quite frankly, I don't think it means anything right now. Um, I'm only looking forward to, and I know the team's only looking forward to, is another chance to get back out there. Um, going in 21 and, and, and still not winning the tournament, yep. you know, that, that hurt. The second season coming back and, and not be able to get the job done when we think we should have. And that, that's a tough pill to swallow. But now it's like I think I've been more, never been more confident with the group of guys we got. Um, that's pretty much all that's on the mind. Um, you know, you can do whatever you want in the regular season. It comes down to playoffs. Um, the job's not finished, and I yep. think all the guys are on the same page with that. Well, I think it's going to be a fun next couple of days. I'm personally looking forward to it. I'll be in the stands one of those days. I'll be watching at home and looking forward to seeing you guys take care of business. And perhaps we could be chatting right here next week. Sound awesome. good? That sounds Love good. That. All right. So just for those that are curious, again, we said ESPN Plus, that's where you got to go to watch all the games. If you can't get out to Pomona, New York um, on the Wednesday, Canisius against Manhattan. Quinnipiac against Niagara. Fairfield will take the lower-seeded winner of those two games. So Canisius the three, Manhattan the six, Quinnipiac four, Niagara five. Um, and you stay tuned to FairfieldStags.com and Stags underscore base for everything going on for the tournament. As we said earlier, uh, this is going to be our regular season finale here of the Stag Sports Wrap. Thanks so much to everybody that has listened throughout this season. 15, 16 episodes strong. Appreciation to Ryan Moynihan, of course, our producer extraordinaire for putting these all together. And of course, my colleague, Drew Kingsley in hosting. But I'm JJ Duke, and we'll sign off. But one more time, of course, go Stags. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.